0: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
1: It's the CONCACAF Nations League final preview. The US, MNT and Mexico revitalized their rivalry Sunday night. And also we have the consolation game as Honduras. Face Costa Rica. We got former USMNT stars Jimmy Conrad and Heath Pierce to break it all down. Analysis, betting tips, and much, much more. Diego Lasso, CONCACAF Nations League final preview begins right now. This Sunday, one of the world's fiercest international rivalries takes center stage as the USMNT take Mexico with the Nations League championship trophy on the line in Denver, will it be Greg Berhalter's squad and his first major trophy as head coach? Or will Tata Martino and El Tri keep continuing their message to say, we are the kings of CONCACAF. The young Americans boosted by the presence of Champions League winner Christian Pulisic are looking to win their first major trophy since 2013 against a very talented Mexico side, which includes Irving Chucky Lozano. Meanwhile, Costa Rica and Honduras, Face off in the third place game for the Constellation Bragging Rights. Stream both matches live on Paramount Plus. Head to paramountplus.com forward slash Nations League to get started. Hey, everybody, welcome to Kegolasso ConcaCaf Nations League final. This is the preview the USMNT against El Tri. Mexico Sunday night you can watch it on Paramount Plus of course 9 p.m. Eastern we also have the third place matchup Honduras against Costa Rica Jimmy Conrad in the house Jimmy C wearing stars and stripes what's up man What's
2: up? What's going on, everybody listening at home? We're happy to have you join us for this big preview. This is a really meaningful game for both countries, but I think a little bit more for the U.S. because I feel like under Tata Martino, Mexico already has an identity of how they want to play, and that's been proven given the fact that they've won so many games under him. But then with the U.S., I feel like we're still trying to identify who we are, how we're going to play in certain situations, and who our best 11 is, so I'm very excited for this one.
1: Absolutely. Heath Pierce in the house too. How's it going, man? Are you ready?
0: Yeah, I am ready. I, you know, I I thought, you know, today was going to be my off day, Luis. I threw on my Hard Rock Cafe t-shirt, was going to wander <laughs> around with my fanny pack, you know, pick up some new souven- souvenirs in a new city, maybe stop by uh, Jimmy's restaurant that, here in Denver, go to the Hard Rock Denver, get a new t-shirt. Uh, but here we are talking about uh, US-Mexico, which is what we all uh, anticipated. Obviously, we'll touch on the uh, Constellation game as well. But yeah, yeah, really exciting time. You
2: lost everybody at fanny pack. I
0: don't even know what you're saying anymore. (laughs) Listen. You're a grown ass man. You're not wearing a fanny pack anymore. I got got an old school Hard Rock Cafe t-shirt. I collect them. You know, I'm a dad of three. I collect Hard Rock Cafe t-shirts in my cities of travel. I wear a fanny pack. I'll probably go out. (laughs) You have socks, tivas? Socks. Are you wearing tivas and socks? No, no, but there's a lot of people in tivas here. But I might wear like the 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 um, maybe some Birkenstocks with socks, some calf socks. But you yeah, should be uh,
1: you should be in that uh, commercial, right? When you're turning into your parents. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a live, uh, love, and laugh uh, w- uh, poster on your wall as well?
0: Yeah. No, I travel with one. I put it out <laughs> everywhere I go. You know, unfortunately. You know, Luis, as the producer, uh, you know, of this podcast, decided to say that uh, we're not going to have that one on today. I had to take it down, but uh, now I've got this beautiful backdrop that looks like I'm somewhere like Vale, Colorado, or something <laughs> like that. But I'm really—this uh, was like a little coffee bar, and I turned it into my own studio, so I'm thriving.
1: You did, you did, uh, and I'm so excited to have both of you here, of course. We have the CONCACAF Nations League, USMNT against Mexico. So let's get straight into it, Uh, Jimmy Conrad. This is the big game. You mentioned, of course, uh, you made a good point, right? Uh, Mexico already kind of know who they are on the Tata, but this is it. Greg Berhalter's chance for his first major trophy as head coach. Let's begin with setting the scene here. Uh, What do you expect from this squad, even before the lineups, just how they're getting ready for this one? What do you expect? I would like
2: to see some... Answers, I guess, to some questions that I have. And I referenced this in our podcast last night in the recap. When I've seen us play Mexico before, we try to go and do our plan A and our plan A and plan A. And when our plan A goes away, and Mexico is very good at taking that away, we try to obviously keep the ball in most situations. What are we going to do? What's our plan B? And is everybody on the same page with that plan B? Because I was there in New York when Mexico slapped us around 3-0, and I was... I, can't, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a better word, a softer word, but I was disgusted with how we played. When, when Zach Steffen gets more touches on the ball than Christian Pulisic, that's a problem. Something's not working right. And, and we would need to work around that to figure out how we can change. And when I look at the stats last night, I, I then learned after our podcast last night that Christian Pulisic was the second, uh, the person who had the second fewest touches on the field. Now I know he's having a long trip, but I know he's going to have some kind of emotional letdown from winning the Champions League. That's just a normal human being response. But we got to figure out a way we can get him the ball in areas where he can be dangerous. And I think that's going to be a big challenge for us, not only against Mexico, but any big-time opponents we're playing moving forward in meaningful games. And I include big-time opponents going on the road in CONCACAF to try to dig something out. How do we get our best players on the ball doing what they do best? That's going to be the biggest challenge for us against Mexico. And I'm curious, I know we're not getting to the starting lineup yet, but who are we going to start? to make sure that we get those situations, in, uh, more favorable situations for us. So it looks like we're running downhill. We're getting our best players running at that Mexican back line because I think we can create some chances, and I think we can get opportunities. And then, of course, it's having the composure to finish off those opportunities.
1: Yeah, uh, that Pulisic point there, Jimmy, uh, the player with the second fewest touches, is a little bit alarming, especially because one of those touches, it was a great through ball, I believe, and it nearly uh, capitalized on a goal. Heath, what, what do you make of that?
0: Yeah, you know, the Pulisic situation is tough, right? Because as Jimmy said, getting them in the best places to do where what they can do or do their best, and I think they we were not getting players in the right positions in spots on the field to be dangerous. Now, part of Pulisic uh, not having that many touches isn't uh, is going to come down to some fatigue, right? And 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 uh, I was told by a few people within the within the organization of U.S. soccer, that Pulisic was tired. But, you know, this is a game that you get up for. It's a semifinal for something big. But they also weren't getting him into good spots. And he looked like he was having to sort of drift around to find the ball as opposed to finding him in good spaces where, again, I think the U.S. is best when they press well. And I don't think they press well. When they press well together, they get into, a, into spots where they are now attacking with speed. You have Gio Reyna, you have Christian Pulisic, who are some of the best young players in the world, if not the best players in the world, at running at guys, making them have to make decisions, running at them, creating chaos. But if you allow a team to recover and sit back and you're trying to break them down in the same way that Mexico might press, Mexico might drop. Um, you have to have another option. As Jimmy mentioned, it can't just be plan A. If it's plan B, are you utilizing the wide spaces? You know, you have Serginho Dest when he was on the other side, struggled to to use the wide spaces. Anthony Robinson struggled to use the wide spaces. We didn't, we weren't high and wide. We weren't creating uh, numerical advantages in places that uh, allow you to just uh, get in and out of spaces and change that point of attack to now you have uh, an imbalance of a team, right? The whole idea is to move the ball around, change the point of attack. Now you have a numerical advantage and you attack uh, with emphasis and I thought that that was missing so against the Mexico squad who actually really presses well if you saw again in the first half uh, against Costa Rica especially and who knows at elevation how long anybody can hold that up very difficult to break through and the U.S. has to be willing to sort of adjust or tinker with their philosophy or style of play or, or system of play uh, when they get in certain positions of the field so they can spend more time and I know Jimmy you mentioned this yesterday about putting the balls into channels and being able to lump them in behind that keeps teams honest that keeps teams I honest agree. to where now you get the ball further up the field now when when josh Sargent runs the channels two three times guess what hector moreno doesn't want to chase josh Sargent to the channel three times so on the third time he's either open or maybe he checks back lays it off go back up check back let you <laughs> play those little mind games that starts to open up spaces um and it keep makes, them guessing
2: yeah it makes us it makes us more unpredictable, which I think is what you're trying to say. And, and it does keep them honest. And and I do think that to your point with Hector Moreno, he doesn't want to run the channels or even as me as a center back who loved to run, yeah, and nobody run the wants channels, to. Yeah. I, I didn't want to do it because you're running towards your goal. You know, you're going to be under a great deal of pressure. Even if you do get to the ball first, either do I pass it back to my goalkeeper and risk that pass or do I lump it out of bounds? I don't want to give up a corner. What do I do here? You know? And so, th- and you saw that Jimmy, of-
0: by the way, with Brooks and, Mc- and, 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 uh McKinney, I mean, um, um, McKinney, uh, m- and McKenzie, sorry, I your friend, Mark, your
1: friend. McKenzie. My, friend, you, my, pod, my podcast <laughs> yeah.
0: co-host, um, you, you know, you saw when they got dragged wide, when they got dragged in the channels, very uncomfortable. You know, they both made a few good plays out there, but they both got beat on a few plays over committing, feeling very far from their goal and those types of things. If you can pull center backs apart, especially when they're sitting with three of those guys on the Mexico squad. Now, I guess that they'll play with three. Uh, you know, you start to make them. Be confused as to who mm-hmm. steps, who drops, who, who's my guy. And then if you start to have those staggered runs in those half spaces, you look around and and the, and the six doesn't know, <clears throat> do I take Pulisic or do I do I step out one? Moreno, do I step out one or or do I sit back? And, and you start to have these vulnerabilities. And that's where you start to get uh, combination play in dangerous spaces. Mm-hmm.
2: No, so what I was going to add, what I thought Honduras did Sorry, a very good job on, on Christian Pulisic was that they forced him to go get the ball a little bit deeper. Not only was he frustrated trying to do that, but even when he did get the ball out wide, they always forced him into the middle. Heath, He wasn't necessarily taking where the space was. And the one time or a couple of times that he did when he did go to his left, we actually created it was at least something dangerous. He got a corner or he he hit a cross or something happened that that you could feel that Honduras was scrambling a little bit because he finally got isolated in a one v. One situation. That's when he drops, you know, drops his shoulder right and goes to his left. When he goes to his right, he's running into a lot of traffic. And Mexico had to have watched that game, or their their coaching staff will, or they're pretty probably pretty familiar with with uh, Christian Pulisic at this point. But what ended up happening was Pulisic would then pick up the ball 40 yards away, maybe in the, the center circle. And I remember like 10 minutes into the game, he's putting his foot on the ball, going, Where what do I do now? Like who who's supporting me? And now our balance is all off. So to your point, if he's dropping that deep to go get the ball. Now, if Anthony Robinson isn't creating that width on that left side, we become even more predictable and even more one-sided as we start to kind of slant towards Gio Reyna and Serginio Dest as Pulisic kind of glides into the middle of the field. And that's not a good setup for us by any stretch of the imagination. So there's going to have to be some discipline from Pulisic as well to trust his teammates to get him the ball. And he has to stay wide so that those passing lanes and those spaces open up so that he can do what he wants to do. But it's, it's obviously a lot easier said than done. And I remember that game in New York. I'm going to reference it again. I was not that I was embarrassed, but I just... I know we're capable of more, and I was frustrated with what I was seeing. But I remember in that game as well, thinking Pulisic is dropping way deep to go pick up the ball. When he picks it up, he's now sixty yards away from goal, trying to run through four Mexican defenders. And guess what they do? He gets past one, they chop him down. He gets past two, they chop him down. They don't care; they're just going to foul. And and now, yes, he's one of the most fouled guys. We see him get fouled all over the place: Champions League, Premier League, with the national team. That's just kind of part of who he is, and that's part of his game because he's so quick. But That's what's going to happen here. It's always going to stifle some type of attack that he can generate because of his speed. But the closer we are to the box, they can't do that crap anymore. So that really kind of plays back to what we said when you first started. We got to hit a couple balls over the top to help make sure that we show some verticality so it'll open up space for these guys underneath that are so good in tight spaces to do their thing so they're not just always in a bunch of traffic and can't really make any moves.
1: Yeah, there's a great uh, sentence paragraph uh, in a chapter in Jonathan Wilson's Inverting the Pyramid where he talks about How when you face a three center back team, it can play to your advantage or disadvantage. Meaning that if you have a sole striker, That sure seems
0: not like very uh, wise words. That's obviously, I mean, I'm
1: getting into an advantage or not
0: an advantage. Those are the only two options, Luis. Hey,
1: hey, hey, fanny pack. I'm getting in.
0: Sorry for interrupting. I jumped the gun there.
1: If Greg Berhalter uses a sole striker like he usually does with George Sargent, right? And to your point about, and, and I was even going to cheerlead your point, Heath. Now I'm not even going. <laughs> but if your sergeant pushes away one of those center backs, like Hector Moreno, right? He, he's able to create even more space, allowing either somebody like Pulisic or whatever entering and penetrating that side, because three center backs can be tricky. Because if you don't know how to do it, you can either get lost without the formation line, meaning that you track one of those strikers, allowing a lot of space, or you're super organized right? That you don't, doesn't matter what comes your way, you have this three center back line. So that's what I meant about disadvantage or advantage. So my point is both your points, Jimmy's point as well about Pulisic, if he's able to cover that space and allow to help, you know, George Sargent, etc., and allow those three center backs of Mexico to kind of feel lost in a way, then it will help them. The problem is, right, is that on the other side of things, you have Martin, who like does such a good job at driving those channels as way. And as well, and I think, you know, if Chucky Lozano gets himself more involved, so it's going to be super interesting. So my next question is, Heath, what are the matchups that you're looking at here uh, as these two teams face each other?
0: Yeah, I think it, for me, the matchups are going to come down to, and I'm, I'll am i start with, with the U S matchups versus Mexico. And again, it's like you just mentioned, Josh Sargent can occupy those center backs, well, that means, you know, and I don't think it's going to happen, but I would love to see Gio Reyna be on the inside, put Brendan Aronson. Giorena is so good at vertically connecting the game that I thought that that was missing in this last game, being able to literally connect the lines to be able to advance forward and be able to com- have combination play on top of the box so that you have one who's willing to drive at players. And then if you have a team that's going to sit back and get really, really deep and sit in their blocks and in a disciplined sense, you have to have a really high level of IQ and technical ability and speed of play to be able to, combine and, and create little spaces, little darting runs, little diagonal runs that put Josh Sargent into better spots, but also with a three-back line, that means if you're only playing with one striker, that's where you need to have Gio Reyna and Pulisic and these guys in these pockets, because now again, those are, those are stuck between the lines, and so that's what I really want to see from the US side. Obviously, on the flip side, what we've seen is that even if they do sit back or we break the press, Mexico are so good at baiting you into one, two, three passes where you didn't make the right decision and then they're off. And Chucky Lozano, I thought a lot of their passes were off trying to find him in dangerous spaces. But when he goes one-on-one, there's a good chance always that he brings his attack to a conclusion. He's going to get a shot off. He's going to whip a ball in. He's just got that sort of X factor of a player to him. So him against that back line uh, and the discipline of that back line, is gonna, I think, is going to be really important. And that leads me to my final point on this, is that how we press. I think the team that presses better in this game, whether it's a high press or a low press, sitting in lower blocks, that's going to dictate who is the the, the most successful. We saw in stretches, the U.S. is best when they press. You know, you don't want Polisic, like Jimmy said, coming 60 yards back to get the ball in a buildup play and having to break down a team because then you need seven, eight, nine, ten 10 passes to be perfect just to get... Into a dangerous position. Whereas if you're forcing teams to cough up balls and turnovers in bad spaces and they're exposed, that's when you have guys that can run one-on-one and create those magical moments that the U.S. is capable of. So those are the few matchups that I'm looking most forward to in this final.
1: What do you think, Jimmy? Because Tata Martino is very familiar with the press as well.
2: Yeah, no, I think that Mexico is better at pressing than we are. I'll just come out and say that right from the get-go. I think they also know how to adapt within their press. I think they know when to drop off. They, they have... It seems like when I watch, and I say seems, I'm going to put some exclamation points around that, that they have certain cues that help kind of, what well, maybe it's from one center back to the other, then it's time to go. How are we going to trap? How are we going to try to win it? They seem very organized. And I would say much more so than a lot of other national teams that we see. They seem to have that identity, and that's a testament to kind of how Mexico have developed their players in general. And then you have a Tata Martino, who's an excellent uh, coach at that as well. What I'm going to say is, because the U.S., Can be very good on the press as well, to Heat's point. But maybe they were good against Switzerland,
0: by the way, in the first half. They were. They were.
2: But they lack some consistencies. But I'll add there, and that that they maybe don't know when to go and when to stop as the game wears on. Especially after there's some tactical adjustments from the other team. I'm looking at you halftime. And uh, I would say that whatever team takes advantage of what the other team is giving them is going to go on to win the game. And I say this more from a U.S. perspective because we know, or at least I expect Mexico to high press. The U.S. then is going to have to decide, do we have ego and pride in the way? We're going to do plan A no matter what, no matter what the consequences are? Or are we going to adapt? Because if the space is behind the back line of Mexico and we have some players that can make good timely runs, and it doesn't always have to be Josh Sargent, he can actually be the one that steps into midfield to try to be the short option. And then as we saw with Christian Pulisic against Real Madrid, he can be the one that runs in behind to get the ball that unlocks everything. If we're looking for those types of things and everybody's on the same page, if everybody's on the same page, the timing can work out great, but it's everybody getting on the same page and everybody being okay with, Hey, this is the solution to this play. Mexico is very good at identifying what they're being given. And then they'll, they'll take it. And they try to, at times try to possession you to death. And I worry about that a little bit. Are we ready to play in Denver in a big final chasing the ball around and knowing oh. with a, with a crowd, that's going to be, pro Mexico. Mexican. Yeah. so, so, yeah. so Jimmy, our, Jimmy our, weren't, our,
0: you, weren't you comfortable with that, though, at times you played Mexico? I, I remember that being part of the theme, is that you might go long stretches without having the ball. But that's when you've got to tune in. That's when you've got to lock in. That's when you have your moments where, you know, you start to have a ballistic, Start to cheat up the field a little bit where you can lead into counterattacks. And being comfortable, like you said, if the game gives you that. If they are breaking every one of your presses, and you got to sit in and be patient, go side to side to side. How can you stay focused for long periods, adapt to the game and, and, and get something out of it? As opposed to this new, this new idea that we have because we have so many good players that we've got to play beautifully for 90 minutes. And we've got to play teams off the pitch and we've got to ticky tacky our way through everything. Sometimes you come out of a game like you do against Honduras and you go, well, that sucked. Hey, but we won. You know? Right, right. Um,
1: it goes back I back to Jimmy's point, though, at the very beginning, right? If yeah, there's yeah. no Plan A, are you worrying about the Plan B? Because Greg Berhalter likes to keep the ball. What happens when they don't have the ball, right?
2: No, it's it's that's been the most the thing that's been frustrating me the most is is just this blind love uh, for and, and no matter what and i feel like ego and pride does get in the way that like we're just going to do this this is how yeah. i want our national team to play and we need to do this no matter who we're playing against and i feel like that type of philosophy needs to happen at a much younger national team level and then as that generation grows up with it it's going to be very easy for them to to play it or to to learn how to adapt around it and i feel like the mexican national team has kind of grown up into that system a little bit more now fair play to greg and his staff for trying to implement that but i think there's a blend there when we have an opponent where we know we're going to have a lot of the ball that's when we can get it in play and maybe try to get that more aesthetically pleasing tiki-taka that, uh, that I think we're all hoping we get to see, but I also want guys on the field. They're like, listen, we're under a ton of okay. stress. Jimmy, right let, now me, me, let me,
0: let me, let me interrupt you real quick there on that one. Then tell me, would you play this team that started in the last game? Would you change the team? Well, I don't know on- if everybody, well, on, hold on, hold on. before ready? you,
1: okay. before you answer that, we're going to take a break and I want the lineups for this game. So let's do that. We're going to take a break. Right, We'll be right back. And Jimmy will answer about his lineup prediction both the USMNT <laughs> and we'll give you as well Mexico as well, because I think there's going to be a few changes there. Maybe. So Heath, thank you for the segue. Que We'll be right back. Hey everyone, this is
2: Jimmy Conrad, your favorite former US Men's National Team player and the host of the Call It What You Want podcast. And I'm here to tell you that Viore is a versatile clothing brand that speaks my language. It's inspired from the coastal California lifestyle For our listeners, they're offering 20% off your first purchase. So get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viori.com/sports. That's com icom sports Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any US orders over $75 and free returns. Again, go to viori.com/sports and discover the versatility of Viori clothing.
1: Welcome back, everybody, to Lasso CONCACAF Nations League Final Preview USMNT against Mexico and the Constellation Game as Honduras face Costa Rica. Heath Pierce, ask that question again, my friend.
0: <laughs> okay, Jimmy Conrad, Hi, Mr. Expert, Pierce. betting expert, ex-professional footballer, World Cup veteran. I've got a question for you. Shoot. Okay. We're talking about plan A, plan B, plan C that requires a high level of emotional intelligence inside of matches, recognizing moments of how you need to adapt, right? You talked about Mexico. If you saw Mexico, when they're done pressing, you see the whole team just go shift back, and then they start pressing at, at a different line. And it's very, very well organized when they're doing it well, especially. So... In it, with regard to that, to the U.S. and knowing you're playing against Mexico with a three-back with a three back line, good in possession, can spread the field on you, make you chase it. Is this the team that you would put on the field for the U.S.? Or would you make a few changes? Because, my again, to go back to before, my changes were move Reyna inside, put Aronson, who can stretch a team and run at players, and is going to put in more of a defensive shift as well, and, and, and connect Reyna. Unfortunately, that means you don't have a Sebastian Legette, but I think if the more connected um, Reyna is – to to Pulisic, to Sergeant, keeping Sergeant active, having somebody that feeds off of him when you feed it into his feet. I think that would be the few changes that I would make um, on, on the attacking end. What would you do?
1: Well, give me that lineup, Jimmy. Yeah, so, so
2: Stefan and Goal, uh, that goes without saying, this is where I'm a bit hung up because do we match Mexico almost position for position and almost make it somewhat mono-e-mono and, and put up our own back three? I do think that if you had another player that could potentially play out of the backside, I'm, I'm, I honestly think that Tim Reams' time with the national team should have been done like uh, two years ago, but he could potentially provide some type of service here for us because of his passing ability out of the back, which we might need, especially if we're going to be under a lot of pressure. So I, I, I throw that in there, and then you could have Robinson and Dest no, as your wing No, James
0: Burhalter, James Burhalter, you have to, James Burhalter has to give us the lineup. You're giving us speculative things right now. Are give you me
2: saying you're
0: is J- is Tim Reem your starter? Did you just call me James Burhalter? James okay. <laughs>
2: oh. Tim <laughs> Reem right, is not my starter. I said, like I said, but no, I just okay. wait, so, so okay. hold on, hold
1: on, everybody. James okay. with so two S's. I not, makes,
2: do, I, do, I, do I not have any freedom and to, no, you to do. roam and think here? <laughs> you, you
1: do, but but I do like I do like the finalized point. So that's a good point, Heath. So Jimmy, give me your final like the game is literally an hour from now. Give me your lineup.
2: Oh my God. Well, I just don't trust Dest to, to, you know, he's either not holding the you line. Just say or, it, man. Okay. I don't Jimmy, know. Jimmy, I'm, fact, this, I'm trying to think it
0: out. You're now talking to the press an hour before the game. You're talking about how you don't trust your players? Like, come on. Give <laughs> oh, so speaking you gotta, as the coach. Yeah, you're this. James Burhalter with two S's. You know, okay. like how,
1: listen, Scaloni from Argentina was interviewing, right? And he was like, I'll give you the lineup right now. And he gave it. So give me that lineup right okay, now. Okay, okay.
0: <laughs> All right, I'll go Stefan.
2: I'll go Dest at left back, reluctantly. And I'm going to say <laughs> this. Sorry, I'm the coach. I'm going to say Dest at left back. I'll put uh, Brooks and McKenzie that stays. I'm going to put Reggie Cannon in because I think he'll be a nice matchup for Chucky Lozano. Uh, I am going to put, if everybody's healthy, Tyler Adams at the holding spot, I am going to take out Leggett. I think that, uh, either Gio Rana can go inside, uh, with, with, uh, Weston McKinney and Brendan Aronson. I like that move a lot. Uh, but I would also consider Musa if everybody's healthy. And then I got Pulisic Sargent and, and, uh, I guess it would be Aronson out wide because Reyna would be inside. So, so that's who I would go with. And then I'm just going to state it right now as coach, I would be making my subs a lot earlier than the 77th minute.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, like, I mean, definitely. I like that. All right. Heath, give me your lineup. I I'm feel gonna like, go like you, the, you've yeah, I'm going to go the already back line. Been.
0: Actually, I, I thought that the subs and, and again, it's so hard because if you've ever played at elevation, you know that when you hit the wall at elevation, there's no coming back. There's not like a, it's not an ebb and flow where you catch your breath and whatever. It's very hard to catch your breath. So when you see a fresh set of legs come in at elevation, you go, wow, they're moving a lot faster than everybody else is. Uh, <laughs> and I thought Cannon did that. I thought Aronson did that. So I would say, let's play Cannon. Um, I'm going to go with Brendan Aronson. Well, um, go from
1: the beginning, man. Okay.
0: So, yeah. So I've same backline as even Jimmy if said. It,
1: Even if it's obvious, go from the- well, okay, same backline.
0: Keith line. Berhalter. Okay. I'm going with same backline as Jimmy. I'm well, going Steffin with Zach Stephanie. right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm gonna go nice? with uh, dust. Reluctantly, reluctantly. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. uh. <laughs>
1: you both said because
0: that. because of this i think you're not going to say that is, to the
2: press <laughs> on, keep, just yeah. give us your lineup, no dude.
0: that's true that's true I, I can't say why i but greg's got a lot to deal with with what that's going to be you got a player <laughs> at barcelona who might not be a starter for your national team because it doesn't make sense
1: Heath uh, beers has a lot to deal with right now in this press yeah, All, yeah right. okay
0: i i'm i'm feeling very heated guys this light is a little bright on me right now uh you i didn't think you were going to ask for a lineup in this press conference don't you have a, you, don't
1: you have a don't you have a like a, a wipe in your fanny pack? yeah <laughs> yeah yeah,
0: yeah. Exactly. That's the whole point of the fanny pack is you can live for days out of that thing. (laughs) All Um, right, give give me your back line. (laughs) All right, I got Brooks, uh, McKenzie, and um, and then I've got Cannon because I I think he's he he just matches up pace wise. Um, You guys don't need to know that. This is press press conference. I'm gonna go Tyler Adams uh, if if he's fit and healthy. Jackson Ewell is the only other option you have to sit in front of that back line if he's not. And then I'm gonna go with I've actually changed my mind in real time. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm going to go with uh, move our, our guy Gio Reyna inside and he's going to play alongside um, Weston McKinney. And then on the outsides, I'm going Brennan Aronson to stretch him for, for 45, 50, 60 minutes. And, and then uh, Pulisic and then Josh Sargent up top. And, and just like uh, our, our head coach, uh, James, the 2s, Conrad uh, Burhalter, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to put in subs a lot earlier in the game. So I'm going to go with uh, Sabichu, Uh, If I have to go in early, if there's no way to get if if you don't get sergeant in the game, if he's not running the channels, if you're not able to execute him or use him in the way that he's best for the team, because the game is giving you something different, then you make those subs early and you and you bring those sparks in because you're going to need those uh, in the final.
1: All right, so a few things stand out for me from both your lineups. Number one, Reggie Cannon. We're putting a lot of trust into him as he faces clearly Mexico's most dangerous player in Chucky Lozano. Number two, Gio Reyna in the middle. He has to be more involved, being more central. Hopefully, if Tyler Adams is available, that makes that triangle really, really good alongside Weston McKinney as well. And... Brendan Harrison, we're putting a lot of faith into him. I think, I agree. I think we saw a lot in those last minutes with him. And of course, get those subs in a little earlier. Uh, and I like it. I like everything that you just, guys just said, especially because the elevation is going to require those subs to come in later. All right, I want to move to Mexico for a second. Um, because, you know, uh, there's a few things here, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Catito Corona didn't even play. And I'm wondering... Availability for this one. I'll just give you, I'll give you very quick my lineup for Mexico. Memo okay. Ochoa, three center backs. I think you got Edson Alvarez in there, of course. Héctor Moreno at with those three center backs. Herrera and Guardado in the middle. You have to have that uh experience from La Liga and of course of all those years as well. Uriel Antuna remains. I don't know. I think Jesus Gallardo might start this one um ahead of maybe Arteaga So, and then you remain, and then if Tecatito Corona is available, you put him in there, Chucky Lozano and in the middle, I still think you stick with Martin because his availability and uh, production that he does off the ball is remarkable. So I think that Tecatito Corona remains a mystery to me because he obviously wasn't available for the Costa Rica game, but would he be available for this one? And if he is, my God, that's another nightmare as well to deal with. Uh, what do you think, Jimmy?
2: Well, I think that would be a, probably a straight swap. So, Lyones I think, would probably make way for Tecatito, um, yeah. all things considered. So then it just depends on which one you want to be a super sub. If he's coming back from a muscle injury... That's not somebody you start, I think, in this type of altitude, potential heat and and all that. I think maybe he'd come on as a sub. Obviously, a very dangerous sub to see Tecatito come on with 15, 20 minutes left to go to be like, oh, great, sweet, now i got to chase this guy around. (laughs) Uh, and, And Tuna, for me, I do like what he's done with Chivas Guadalajara this season, and he helped the Mexican national team or the Olympic team qualify for the Olympics. I think he's got something special to his game, but here is some inconsistency there. And he played a season with the galaxy. So so a lot of people should be familiar with all the MLS fans. Arteaga is a good one for me. I could see potentially Carlos Rodriguez coming in and maybe helping solidify on a more defensive mindset, especially with
1: Pulisic. Also didn't play at all against Costa Rica, but it doesn't matter.
2: He didn't, he didn't. So I, I wonder if there's a thought there that, listen, Antuna can come out and maybe help us attack against Costa Rica, but when it comes down, maybe we need some little bit more to kind of help cover Gio Reyna or, or Christian Pulisic or Dest if he's bombing forward. You have someone who's thinking a little bit more defensively than Antuna, uh, Antuna does. Yeah. So I could see Carlos Rodriguez coming in. Other, everywhere else, though, I agree with you. I think those will be the starting lineup. This is going to be a great game, though, and a great test, not only for them, you know, they, but I think we're pretty familiar with who they are and what they're about, but definitely for our team.
1: Yeah. Heath, what do you, any, anything from Mexico's perspective?
0: Oh, I think you guys are, I, I pretty much agree with that lineup. I actually thought Diego Lenez Linez was, was, was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of just being busy, being active on both sides of the ball. I thought that was, it was a huge strength. So when it comes to Tito Corona um, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, is it worth the risk or is it, you know, or, or the potential reward of that, or can you get 30 out of him at his best? Uh, knowing that he's, he's nursing something, or can you avoid it altogether um, if you don't have to like kind of emergency situations only. Um, and tuna was Mexico's best player in Olympic qualifying. You know, he was actually a player where you're like, wow, um, this guy is incredible. Um, and, and, and able to take over those games. But again, you're playing against the U S squad. And if, if, if you saw in the first half against Honduras, um, um, Gio Giorena was really good at running at players and forcing Uh, Honduras to recover quickly and track back and, you know, forced a few fouls and he was going inside, he was going outside and you need teams uh, or players that have the ability to commit to, to both sides of the ball. And again, when you're talking about elevation. There is, there is a real struggle Maybe it's just me and, and, and and I suffered from it more playing at elevation, but it is a real thing. um, And, and you have to pick and choose your moments. And, but, but first and foremost, when you're playing for a trophy like this, you want to make sure that everybody knows that we are. We get behind the ball. We recover. We track back. You know. We 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 do all those sort of fundamentals uh, in order to give your team team the best chance of, of of preventing a team that's very good in the U.S. from from scoring, and then pick and choose your moments to be able to attack and try to score against them.
1: Yeah. No. Absolutely. Um, and listen, this midfield battle is going to be really interesting. If these lineups are are facing a lot of experience and a lot of young. Talent, and if Giorena goes in the middle, that would be fun. Any final thoughts from this game before we, uh, you know, have a few words on the consolation game, Jimmy?
2: Yeah, I'm just gonna say for betting tips, I pretty much bet the over on both semifinals. Man, I was those are big misses. So I'll raise my hand and accept responsibility. I thought we would see some goals, especially because they're playing in altitude. As they, Everybody got tired with heavy legs. there's just going to be some opportunities. There were opportunities. People just Early know.
0: on, too, if they finished the, I know. the locals' games, if just anybody scored, it could have It, it would have opened up,
2: right? I know, yeah. I know. So I'm really looking at it from a betting perspective on William Hill at the under. The the draw and under two and a half goals after 90 minutes, and then i will go into penalties. Plus 260 is the favorite line. Mexico to win in over two and a half goals is the next favorite to plus 340. Then Mexico to win in under two and a half goals is plus 375. I don't really like the tone that William Hill is taking right now with regard to the US's chances. But uh, I really like if we're going to go, if, I, if I'm going to go with my heart, that's probably not the right way to go when you're betting. But USA to win in under two and a half goals at plus 450 is something I'm really looking at. I think that's pretty good value if you think the US can somehow salvage a 1 0 win. Uh, I think that would be, probably be the extent of it. But I could see a 1 1. Drawing under two and a half goals, a 260 is probably what I'm thinking and and hoping for as well, because I would really like to see the U.S. uh, to to take up or stand up, excuse me, and and just play well. Right. Take ownership of who they are, what they're about and own their space, both individually and collectively against a team that's going to test them. I mean, Mexico, anytime I played against Mexico, their national team or their club teams, they just run at you until you prove to them that you can play. That's how they play. And then once you show that you can demonstrate some composure and and you can play a little bit, they back off because then they show you that respect. But if you can't play, when they put that pressure on, they're going to come at you and they're going to come at you and they're going to come at you and they're going to keep squeezing until you've got nothing left. And then you're going to be tired because you're chasing the ball around as well. So this is I I can't emphasize enough how important this game is for us uh, on our side of things. And and, uh, I just don't think it's going to go over two and a half goals. I think this is going to be very similar to the 2019 Gold Cup final between these two. When Jonathan DeSantos had to score a banger of a goal to beat us 1-0. Josie Altidore had a, a good goal, chance on huh? that one. Josie Altador scores early in that one. That game's much, much different, of course, but there were a lot of there weren't a lot of clear-cut chances. And I think we're going to see that again. I think the US will be definitely tight between the lines. And I think Mexico's going to high press. And I think there's going to be a lot of a lot of like uh, action going on in the middle of the field until somebody can figure out how to have that composure and unlock some things. But that's what I'm thinking about from a odds perspective. I love it. I love it.
0: The only thing I wanted to add to that, Luis is, is, and this is sort of my, my closing thoughts on, on this is, particularly for the U S is if you go down a goal, stay in it Mm -hmm. because as Jimmy just mentioned, Mexico will wear you down and when you work as hard as you work for 45, 60, 70 minutes against Mexico and they score a goal, it can feel deflating. It can feel exhausting because you've just put in all of this work and something comes out of nothing and it, and it can happen that way. I've played in these – in, in Mexico games and it's, and, and it's exhausting, right? You come out of this and you go, man, we, we were doing so well. We had our chances and now Mexico who's got possession – are up 1-0, and they're going to spread out. The olays are going to happen. There's going to be beer showers coming from the stadium. It's going to be a very pro-Mexico crowd. And you could just feel this overwhelming just sensation that's happening. And so it's about just staying patient, waiting for those moments. You saw, again, against Honduras. The U.S., I thought, did a good job. I don't even think the U.S. were very good at all in that game. There were some bright moments, but... They found an opportunity at the end to show their quality to get away with that, and I think you can get that against Mexico. Is one, two half chances, even if that doesn't uh, come from uh, winning the possession game, and they're frustrating you because now you've got players high and wide in all these positions, and, and they're running you, they're running you to death, especially at altitude. Um, it's that's the main point I wanted to make: is just stay in it. You go down, it's not over. Do not get frustrated. Do not get pulled out of position. Do not get get sort of. Um, you know, go off in, in, in no man's land where you're just all, everybody's thinking about themselves because it can get ugly very quick with Mexico and they can run away with you. They can, they, they want to run away with it. They want you to be like, man, we tried so hard and then they will just punish you over and over again. And they can do it in a number of ways, not just with possession. I've
2: seen it. I've, I was, um, I had a concussion. So I was in the stands for the 2009 gold cup final in New York.
0: Yeah. Jimmy, I didn't want to bring it up. I played in that game. I didn't want to talk about it. So,
2: <laughs> I have to bring it up because yeah. it was zero, zero and half. And then all the things that you mentioned, we got pulled apart and then they ended up,
0: it was a know. penalty on the first goal, right? Yeah, it was right. Um, Jay, and, Jay, um, Jay heaps. Yeah. Gave a penalty, I believe. That's um, right. And, and yeah, it was the same sort of thing. It was a hundred and something degrees on the, on, on the pitch level. It was really, really hot. It was a sellout at, at, at giant stadium of all Mexico crowd. For the most part, I'm big up the American fans that went there, but it was, it, it was, you were playing in, in Mexico city at that point And, and Yeah. They stretch you out. They start taking more touches. They, they start drawing fouls. They start getting the crowd involved. They start doing all these little things that have these factors on your ability to stay composed. And if you can Block that out with these players that all play at big clubs in big situations, stressful environments. I think they have that that mental edge. I hope that they have that at the international level. That will keep you in it because you, there's always one more chance against Mexico that could bring you back in it.
1: Well, give me your score prediction, man. I'm not going to let you just get away with oh, it. Oh, gosh. I didn't. I, didn't, I completely <laughs>
0: forgot about that. I'm going to go, um, and, and I like Jim, Jimmy's, uh, Jimmy's under there, KG Affair. I'm going to go with... Uh, one one in 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 um at the end of regulation yeah because this goes,
1: goes into extra time everybody because <laughs> the final goes okay. into extra time yeah so then i know i'm, no I'm saying two one okay, okay, for good,
0: the u.s in extra time all
1: right oh
0: like
1: there you go there you have it uh and i believe william hill's being not that kind to the us mnt because i still remember rob green i think that's probably yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> too soon too soon well there you have it oh well listen actually consolation game very quickly mm-hmm jimmy uh you know they gave these two they gave the usmnt and uh mexico a good fight costa rica and honduras so what do you expect in this one
2: well i expect it to be cagey i know that there's not as much to play for only getting third in this new competition what i think the the value is for both teams and for both now or both coaches for both teams is we finally get another meaningful game there's a crowd there we can start to kind of really start to get into a mindset of what World Cup qualifying is going to look like. And they're going to be working on tinkering with their own things, what their best lineup is, what the best formation is. And what I like is that these two teams feel somewhat even. I think if we look at it on the balance, Costa Rica probably have a little bit better attacking players. So I'm kind of curious now that maybe they're when they're not such the heavy underdogs, and I'm speaking about Honduras now, will they come out and play a little bit? Will they try to extend themselves and maybe play a different style than than they would against the Mexico or the U S. So that'll be interesting to see. And I think they have to figure that out, but again, to have a meaningful game for both of these nations is massive uh, as they start to prepare for the gold cup and then woke up qualifying.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I see goals in this one. What do you think? Heath?
0: I think there could be goals again. It's just so hard to know. You know, you go back to, uh, I think Honduras has played five games since the start of 2020 uh, they only won one of those and I was against Trinidad at the nation's league quarterfinal. So this is another competitive match where they get to, to, to judge themselves. If you're looking at Honduras, you actually come out of that us game and go, it's pretty good. Yeah. We, matched up against, we matched up against the greatest generation in US soccer history, like, you know, uh, of young players. We created a lot of chances. We could have scored goals. We could have been up 2 0 at one point against the US, um, although the US did have a few chances within there as well. So that's a, a huge positive to take away from that in a, a meaningful game. Obviously, it's devastating because you're like, eh, we were moments away from penalties or we were moments away, um, you know, half chance away from, from being in a final and 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 uh that hurts and the same thing for costa rica you know to go down on penalties after after being up in penalties it's it's another meaningful match to grow obviously there's not really a value in third place in the nation's league i don't think uh, but there is an opportunity to start to create a little bit of a hierarchy within concaf as we head into world cup qualifying these games matter and when you go into world cup qualifying you're gonna talk about, remember in, in, in Denver, we, we played like this, they played like that. These are the strengths, these are the weaknesses, we were able to get away with the things, here's the things that we can get better at. So it's a chance to really dial in all of these things um, that will will come in handy later on because you can say that this is disconnected because it's 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 a consolation game, but this is very much connected to the next time these two teams are going to have to play um, in in qualifying and the next time that they have to play in these games of consequence. So yeah, I think I think overall I, I like I like. Um, Costa Rica's chances. They seemed a lot more dangerous than I expected them to be actually in the attack. Um, And so I'm going to go with Costa Rica to win this one also because they've got enough experience in these types of games that I can see Costa Rica being able to, to um, come out of, come out of this inaugural CONCACAF Nations League with something to show for it. Final score? I'm going to go 2-1. It's such a lazy take, but like you know, I just want goals until it hits, until it hits. Yeah. (laughs) Until until it hits, hits,
1: you're a genius. Put all that, put Uh, all that cash in your fanny pack. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) That's a lot of cash to put into a (laughs) fanny pack. You know what I mean? Hey, but that's what the fanny packs for. That's what the fanny packs for.
1: Exactly. Exactly. have the wipes as well. Jimmy Conrad, uh final score prediction for that one.
2: I'm going to stay with under. I I just think that for whatever reason, after what I saw last night as well, I think it's going to be one zero. I'll say, I'll give it to Honduras here. No Keeler Navas. I think that uh, I liked what I saw from Honduras. I thought they really stuck to the game plan and we're a little unlucky not to get more out, out of that game. And Costa Rica obviously did what they needed to do to get a result to take it to penalties. But uh, I'll, I'll give it to Honduras just for fun. The big H, the big giant H on their jerseys, which I love. That's like, the- can we all agree that that's the coolest? That's the coolest, coolest. What did, I
1: tell, what did it, I tell you yesterday, Heath? What did I tell you yesterday?
0: That crest down. is
2: pretty, pretty, pretty sweet, man. I'm I, not love, gonna lie. Listen, I love my it. My
0: name is Heath. I would wear that stuff all the time. Like it is, it is a, like. It's not often that you just just see a logo that is an H and you it's go, yeah. It's so I good.
1: Get it. It's so good. It's white, just an H. It's like wear Honduras. What? I love it. Um, I'm gonna go with Honduras as well. I think it's gonna be two one. Two one to Honduras in regular time. Wow. We'll see, we'll see what happens. Don't sit
0: by, uh, don't sit by
1: me during that game. Then. <laughs> <laughs> I probably won't. I'll be behind you. I don't know. Um, all right, everybody. Well, that was it. That was our CONCACAF Nations League final preview. Don't forget it's on Paramount Plus. All the coverage that you need will be on CBS Sports HQ as well. Jimmy Conrad, Heath Pierce. Jimmy, thank you so much, brother. Thank you,
0: guys. And everybody watching, listening at home, enjoy the game.
1: HP, thanks, man.
0: Thanks for having me. And also, by the way, I heard in these doubleheader games that on the weekend games that the U.S. doubles in size of attendance and people flying in. So I expect there to be a much larger crowd come the final, and I can't wait.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a great atmosphere. Thank you so much, everybody. I want to thank Jimmy Conrad and Heath Pierce for joining me today. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter. Please leave a five-star rating and review on Apple podcasts. We're also on Spotify on Stitcher. If you're watching this, you know that we're on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Kegel please subscribe. We are on CBS sports.com. I hope you enjoy the CONCACAF nations league final preview. We have plenty more after this including Euros preview Copa America and so much more with the transfers and the contracts on all the players ins and outs with our talented and our great Fabrizio Romano as well. So plenty more to come from Lasso. Have a great, great rest of your day. You ready for this? Yeah.